and welcome to the Matching Mom Teens podcast. I'm Shelby. And I'm Nicole. How was your morning? You have a oh glow about you. <laughs> you know what? There are just mornings that are great because they're great and you get out of the house and you have a successful morning. And then there's mornings that are great because your child didn't sleep through the night, your husband's on a work trip, and you call a couple of your mom friends and say, hey, pajama party, my place, bring your coffee. <laughs> I love that. I really, I wish I had, bad. I wish I had more people that were like close by because I have great distance supports, but like there is nothing quite like bring them over here and let them be each other's support so we can support ourselves. <laughs> my house has had three children between the ages of a one and 16 months so there's like they're real close in age yeah. got two walkers and a crawler and they have played they have stepped on each other's faces they have eaten each other's snacks they have <laughs> giggled they have clapped for each other they have called the dog each by their own respective dog's names oh good he's enjoying uh, that i'm sure it's a little confusing for him but you know we just like there's uh I can't do it and then there's uh I can't do it neither can you let's do it together and yeah. it has been such a refreshing day because this is the third day of my husband's business trip which was a surprise means- anyways if I remember correctly like he just like time to be gone yeah and that- I mean, it was it was a very short notice trip Jeez. and it's turned around pretty quick from us traveling for the last two weeks so it's been extra hard on my daughter because she's missing him. It's hard on me because I don't feel set up. I mean, like I barely have groceries. <laughs> and so she hasn't been sleeping well. I haven't been sleeping well. The dog hasn't been sleeping well. It's been a whole cluster. Yeah. And so, you know, yesterday we we combated that by like getting out of the house and going to the park and doing some stuff. We saw my mom like – um, like actually doing stuff. And I just ran out of energy. Couldn't do it. Decided that today I wasn't doing anything. I'm not doing a load of laundry. I'm not cooking anything. PB&J all the way. And it has been like, again, kind of like we talked about like rest and restoration. Like I knew there were things I wasn't going to be able to do today. Yeah. And so I just kind of drew a line and I was like, "Mm -mm." and then to have that backed by some of my dearest friends and know that those are her dearest friends. I mean, by the time I got my child out of her high chair for breakfast, she had her two best friends here. <laughs> That's fun at any age. age. <laughs> That's great at any age. <laughs> we love the that. Best day. She thinks it's a party. like. And so instead of it being a day where I'm just going to like, you know, watch the ceiling fan spin while she wants me to read the same book for the seventh time. She's had a wonderful morning and that does my mom heart good and it does me so much good and hopefully did my friends some good. And so we, we, we villaged it today. I love that. Yeah. Just actually full on, just shove everyone in one house. We're all a village inside my house. This is happening. Well, I think that fits in really close with what I wanted to talk to you about today. But first, have you heard about, um, the White House having a security breach this week of the toddler. Yes, <laughs> and I, I saw just that headline, and I have not read the story yet. 
Oh, well, so, I mean, it was just a toddler who squeezed in through the gates and was reunited with his mom very quickly, or parents really quickly, um, by Secret Service. But it is the most validating thing in the world as a mom of two children who are right, you know, one's barely a toddler, one's getting out of being a toddler into a young boy now. Um, I was like, yes, the... (laughs) Yes, the Secret Service did not even stop this kid until he was already gone. (laughs) Like, there was something so incredibly validating and affirming by reading that headline. And then I typed it into TikTok because I was like, what are people saying about this? And there was this beautiful, and I have no idea who did this video, but she was basically just cackling on there of just like, you hear that? Like, your child is going to get away from you every once in a while. They're going to get away from secret service agents. It's like, not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Exactly. And her thing was kind of like, you know, I have people come over to my house sometimes and they're like, well, just baby proof your house. You don't have to worry so much. And she was like, I have to worry constantly because children will squeeze through fences to get to the White House. <laughs> like they're just... That is who they are. They're exploring the entire world. Everything's exciting for them. And it's, it's real. And I just, it hit me like a lightning bolt today. I was just like, this is what I needed because last night my husband, so he's coaching soccer for third, fourth and fifth graders this year. And, um, my entire goal yesterday, we, I wanted to go with him. He had asked me, you know, I'd love it if you could be there just for moral support. If some of the parents have questions, it's really common. And I'm kind of glad I went because only one parent stayed. So all of these kids were just dropped off. He just Mm -hmm. met them that day. Um, And so there was kind of this nice thing of like, he's got all of these children he's in charge of. And there's only one parent who's never met him before who was staying. And all of the rest of the parents were like, see ya. Um, And so I was really glad that I went, but at the same time, my entire job for a whole hour yesterday was to prevent my two-year-old, almost two-year-old, from sprinting full force into a soccer game. (laughs) Like, he saw his dad. He saw a ball. He was ready. Let's go. Um, Put me in, coach. Exactly. (laughs) He was like, I have this. This is happening. In fact, at one point, I did. I was talking to a mom who was... I don't know how this woman was doing it. She dropped her son off with us and went to go get her other son to take him from his soccer team to his baseball practice and then came back to pick up her other child. And I was just like, you're a hero <laughs> for we us all. A whole episode on how much fear I have about the activities age. Yeah, the extracurriculars, I'm not a fan of. It's it's going to be a... I'm actually really grateful that my husband is doing this coaching now because it's a really nice window. Um, and, and the communication, it, it's just crazy. But uh, I did. I turned around for a second. And when I turned back around, my child was in the goalie spot. The goalie was nowhere to be found. So I, a nine-year-old ran off and I couldn't do anything about that. But... My son is standing there, and here comes the whole team kicking the ball, ready ready to make a goal. And he looked so happy. He's like, they're bringing the ball to me. And all I could picture was this ball that's bigger than his head just volk right in his face. Um, And so, and literally, my husband's like, honey, honey, get him, save him. 
the difference between you and me is I would have recorded it just to see what skills he had because that could be some really valuable footage if like he's the next big soccer star right like he did it what if he had saved it that's that's just who I am that's who I am as a person and a parent I would have been like well we're gonna see how this goes down Unfortunately, unfortunately, with having two older children, I have seen both of them take strikes to the head or upper body um, because their reflexes leave something to be desired. <laughs> and so I was like, we're not taking a chance. <laughs> like, you may Fair. have you may have my genes. I apologize. This is not great. Um, so. Uh, I did. um So I did want to have a conversation with you today about kind of what, um, I don't know. So bringing in like the conversation about the toddler and the White House and, you know, social media, even looking it up on TikTok, you know, that was my first instinct. I wanted to have a conversation about this really kind of interesting thing we're seeing in the world right now. Um, And even I had a conversation recently with someone from the professional world who was like, hey, is parent coaching just sitting, listening to parents whine all day? And I thought that was a really reductive thing to say because, you know, that's not even what therapy is either. So, like, it was kind of interesting from... Like, my instinct was like, um, no mental health is that way. Like, you're not just listening to people whine. You're allowing people to express what's going on. You're hearing them. You're reflecting with them and providing empathy for them. But you're also giving them tools so that they can feel successful in it. And I just felt like their response was so reductive of like, yeah, but parenting's just so hard. People just need an outlet for it. And that was... It was odd. Reductive, or is that the stereotype? I mean, how many videos, how many things, how many posts do you see that there's a? I I feel like there's a very fine line between showing an honest representation of the difficult work of child rearing and just straight up complaining and making a mockery of your child and the battles that you face every day. Well, see, and so that's why I wanted to talk to you about this, because also there's a whole conversation going on right now about um, working and being honest about your experience in the workplace. And so I see parenting as a job, like in so many ways, parenting can be approached as a career, something you can take pride in, something that has its good days and its bad days, you know, something you have goals for something you have goals for. And so I remember being in the kind of nine to five work sphere, not very much because that's not really how my field works, but you had bad days. You had days where you wanted to be like, I hate everything about this. And you probably had, I feel like anybody who's been in a, you know, work environment that's not like freelance, um, has those trusted few in their office that they talk to. Um, but oh, you don't yeah. just but you don't just like broadcast it. And in my field specifically and in the mental health field, you see 
a lot of conversation around the experience of working in that field, but you don't see a lot of like complaining about your specific clients because hello HIPAA and hello privacy and hello dignity. Um, and there's a whole concept referred to as like positive warm regard. It's worded differently, but it's like positive regard, which is the concept that like you should find yourself feeling positively towards your clients all the time, no matter what's happening, no matter who, you know, I had a friend who for so long worked with sex offenders and sex offender rehabilitation. And when I asked her, exactly. And when I asked her, I was like, how do you know when you've had too much? Her response was when I can't find positive regard, when I cannot reach that point anymore and realize that this person is a person who is dynamic and has all of these different things going on, then that's when I have to quit. And so bringing all of that to this conversation, I really thought about you in this conversation that I had with someone about parent coaching, because you do this something that I really like. And you've had this ongoing conversation with me about posting your child's face on social media after age one. And I have actually started emulating you a little bit. Like I have been working really hard to make sure that if I am posting my children's faces, it's something that I feel like they will turn back to as older children and as older adults and as teenagers, blah, 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 and feel positively towards, you know, that it's... Which is a really good perspective, like to think about the social media as not just now, but as building a reputation of sorts for your children. Yes. And so, so like... I feel like it was a little easier for me to do that because we got my daughter when she was a teenager. And so, you know, I couldn't just post the really horrible experiences online, you know, without respecting her, you know, like I had to know that one, she would see them, which is a huge source of accountability that I feel like younger children aren't given the benefit of because uh, there is a little bit of you know, there was a little bit of accountability there. I can't complain about my daughter online because <laughs> she's going to see it. Um, right. But younger kids, you don't always have that forethought. And so I had this conversation with you before of like child privacy for like safety reasons, which I feel like a lot of people agree is important. Right. Though a lot of people also ignore, but also yours really comes from a place of respecting your child's dignity as well as her privacy. And I really wondered if you could articulate what that means for you when you're talking about your daughter online, how are you respecting her dignity as well as her privacy? So we follow this kind of idea that um, our posts should be this element of privacy, but not secrecy. Oh, I love that. When I'm going to post on my page, I, I, I cannot comment on family pages. I don't have a family page. I don't have anything. So everything's under my name. Those are my pages. Then I only post what it says about me. Oh. So for example, if I want to make a post about the cookies that we made for Valentine's Day, we made some pink sugar cookies. I was trying to teach her how to cut something. 
we rolled them in sprinkles, that kind of vibe. I can do that without posting a picture of her covered in sprinkles from head to toe or sticking a sprinkle up her nose or woe is me, there's a huge mess to clean up. I can, I can post a picture that is about my day and what I did and the treasure that it was to cook with her without placing a label on how she felt about it or what her experience was. Okay. How would you, I guess my, my flip around to that is, and I know that you have the answer to this, so it's kind of a softball question, but I feel like other people might not have thought about this. Let's say that you did that and that was, that was your goal in posting, but let's say that all the dough ended up on the floor, it was burnt and she accidentally fell and bumped her head while you were cooking and you still wanted to post about it because it was this moment with your child that you enjoyed, but it went really poorly. Pretend for us that that was what happened. How would you have posted about it then and still protected her dignity? I probably would have posted more about like what I intended out of it or if there was anything positive out of it or um, I would have said, you know, like you live and you learn. Yeah. So, more I mean, I posted, I, I do not share a lot of those struggles online because I see those struggles, honestly, as a limitation of my own parenting abilities too. Because yeah. if it ends up burnt and if it ends up, you know, like all that stuff, that I, I've bit off more than I can chew. That's very and fair. I wouldn't be posting that. I wouldn't be posting about my failures as an engineer blasting on my social media story either, you know, like... And so I'm, I'm not saying that you should only post positives online, but I am saying that like to be real online doesn't necessarily mean that you have to scrape the scum off the bottom and throw it online in a negative light with how you're feeling at that moment. I have ma- I have posted about my postpartum depression before. I have posted about, oh my gosh, I have posted about the chaos of it is. I have posted about... And, and talked to you on the podcast about, you know, changing a dirty diaper on a plane 30,000 yeah. feet up in the air. Like, those are my experiences and how they affected me, but they are still about her. But if I try to post from some, like, unilateral lens, yeah, for all I know, like... She's not freaked out by an airplane bathroom like I am. She's not worried about it. She thinks it's funny. I don't know. I do not know what her experience is. And I cannot put words in her mouth. And so I cannot write a caption about her. I have to write it about me. So as far as the private versus secret thing, I just try to include – I try to remember whose name's on the social media page. I think that's good. So you touched on a couple of things there. One of them is the family pages. And I want to come back to that. But the other thing is curating honesty, because, you know, a lot of times we do kind of say, you know, social media is the highlight reel. You're not always seeing that. And so there is this conversation around motherhood and sharing the struggles in this kind of solidarity, which I think is good. You know, I do think that there's this beauty in kind of sharing tips and tricks or, you know, hey, 
my child hasn't slept in two weeks. Does anyone know what's kind of going on? You and I have that conversation all the time. I'll never forget. I'll never forget. I have three children older than your child. And I called you and I was like, there is something wrong with my son. He is never going to sleep again. And you were like, um, isn't there like a growth thing happening right around two years old? Wouldn't that cause like a sleep regression? And I was like, dang it. <laughs> do you know how many parents, I don't even know where I read it before, but do you know how many parents I have suggested they put their kids in warmer pajamas than they think they need because their kid wakes up at 5 a.m. every day and 5 a.m. is the coldest part of the night. Like 4 and 5 a.m. is the coldest part of the night. And it's also the part where your child is starting to not be as like sleepy. Like there's not as much like sleep pressure or whatever. And so if you put your child in heavier PJs or a heavier sleep sack, Sometimes that's the difference between them waking up at five or sleeping until seven or eight. Yeah. And like that little tip is like a game changer for, it was a game changer for us. It's been a game changer for a couple of our friends. Like it makes a huge difference, but like talking amongst friends or talking amongst close people, like to me, that's a village. And I don't know, like, I know there are so many people, like you said at the beginning of the episode, that you don't necessarily have those people you can call and be like, PJ party at my house, bring your toddlers. Um, and so, like, I don't know. I just wonder how m- how much of this, like, almost like making the your toddler the butt of your jokes yeah. online is, like, almost like a, a flapping around looking for your village. Yeah, I think that's a good way to think of it. Because like you said, if we're coming at it from a growth mindset, like a kind of aiming at, you know, hey, a slumberkins word, (laughs) a slumberkins word. I don't know much about slumberkins. Do they like growth mindsets? They they're like the the mental health stuffed animal or whatever. And so they'll, they'll they'll be like this one, the narwhal is is supposed to teach your child about a growth mindset. And I'm like, that's wonderful. What is a growth mindset? (laughs) Can I Google that, please? Um, But no, I think you just really touched on that of like, you know, if you're coming at it from needing support, then that's one thing. But, you know, there is this weird concept online sometimes where I do see it as like if you type in motherhood struggle on TikTok or Instagram, you're going to find some really raw pieces of information. But mixed in there, you're also going to find some very ugly perspectives coming from a place of people who are posting that really are really need the support of someone in privacy. And I think, you know, the mental health, like you said, the name on the social media, it's easy to, how, how do I say this? There's something called a selected trauma. And I, I love this word. Um, I've, I read um, I'm Glad My Mother Died by Jeanette McCurdy. It was a wonderful book. It's very um, not a pretty experience. Like she had a very horrible life. Like my kind of book. There was a lot of abuse between her and her mother. Um, her mother was not an okay person mentally. Like she was not okay. And um, I've been listening to some of her 
interviews because I just think that she has made this really wonderful choice to have a conversation around the fact that she loved her mother more than anything in the entire world and yet can acknowledge that her mother is in a lot of ways the root of so many things that went wrong in her life. Um, But she did use this really fascinating term called selected trauma to describe her experience as a child actor. And she basically said, like, a lot of people in the field of acting or celebrity are selecting to go into that field, um, are choosing to enter the limelight, but it can still be acknowledged that what happens to them once they're there is traumatic. And you can have, like, two things can be true. You, quote unquote, chose this but you are also traumatized by it. And I have been loving using that term to talk about some of the harder parts of motherhood because you can choose to be a parent and also have the trauma of, you know, unexpected things that happen during birth or during the court system. If you're adopting, you can choose. Or even the things you expected, like you're gonna get poop on you. Yes, and you can still hate that more than anything in the world. You can still gag and be upset about it. It can be hard because it's hard. Yes, and I think that's such an important conversation. Um, And it's not meant to blame parents because I do think that one of the most common things that's thrown back in the faces of like working moms specifically is like, you chose this. You chose to become a mom and knowing that you wanted to have your career. You know, there's this kind of bite back. But I do think there's a conversation to be had of two things can be true. Both of these statements can be true. It's hard to be a working mom. And it's something that you may have walked into partially with your eyes open. Um, Um, And I think people choose to run the Boston Marathon this week. And (laughs) they still got cramps. And some people still got injuries. And some people are still dehydrated. And, you know, some people miss days of work for it. And like, You can choose to do hard things and it can still be hard, but you probably didn't see a lot of people from the Boston Marathon blasting the marathon and blaming Boston for how bad they feel. I think that's really, that's a good perspective to have because that's where I'm trying to meander my way over is like. I've seen a lot of posts where it's like solidarity. And, you know, we even just talked about one. Like there is solidarity in the fact that toddlers are going to toddler and they're going to break into the White House and they're going to stick their fingers near light sockets and scare you to death. And they're going to take off running across soccer fields. And that is a universal truth in so many ways. And so there's solidarity in that. But I think also there's this conversation around... um what is potentially supposed to be solidarity about hard things in motherhood and actually turns into this weird, almost like ganging up moms versus kids. Almost like I see a lot of posts of like, you'll never believe that my four-year-old daughter screamed at me today and it was miserable. And, and some of those things, like you said, like floundering for a village, like those are things to be shared almost more privately. Um, and it, it does have this weird overarching bad taste of motherhood and parenthood at large is challenging. That's why we're talking about it on a podcast. But your child is a human 
and we'll grow up and see these things. And I think there's a short sighted sometimes. Like I saw a TikTok. Oh my goodness. It was a couple days ago. I don't know if I sent it to you or not, but it was just a black screen and it said, OMG, I'm scared. And then it had like the little sound on button. So of of course I clicked the button to unmute the video and it was what is the universal sound of a child filling a diaper, but it was disgusting. It was disgusting sounding. It was jarring. And I just had this moment where I was like, if I posted a video of the bathroom door and my husband or someone else who is visiting my house blowing up, (laughs) I mean, like, we've all been there. We've all been the person in the bathroom. We've all been the person on the outside of the bathroom. Well, and I feel like maybe maybe the husband isn't the example that you give because some people do put their husband on blast. Which is mean. And I would argue. Which can be mean. Yeah. (laughs) And certainly not. And and the key is certainly not healthy for that relationship. If you put your husband on a blast, then it's not healthy for your relationship, even if they've got a good sense of humor. And so, like, why are we doing that with our children? I think there's a very, very fine line. And it's not one that I always walk well. Even with the way that I post about my daughter and the privacy that I'm trying to give her as she gets older, this is a learning experience for me. Yeah. Because it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I want to be able to talk about what it's like to travel with a toddler and how it is hard. And there are things that you will grieve and there will be things that are different. And yes, those things are inherently because she is there, but there are so many other things that are, that are able to exist because she is there. And so like, I can talk about that and try to try to walk this very fine line of showing my daughter the respect and dignity that she deserves to strangers online who do not know her. And then there are the text messages that you get (laughs) as her aunt that I'm like, you will not believe what just happened. You know what I mean? And so like, I feel like women, women, mothers, parents in general need these villages but when those villages don't exist, how do we walk that fine line? How do we navigate our generation's motherhood perspective? Because like there's so many things that I didn't know about pregnancy and motherhood and postpartum because our parents' generations did not talk about it. They were not honest with maybe themselves, certainly weren't honest with each other, certainly yeah. weren't honest with their spouses, certainly weren't honest, you know, maybe not even honest with their doctors at this point. You yeah. know what I mean? Like how many, how many things do we learn new and then mention to our, our mother or our mother-in-law or whatever and be like, oh yeah, yeah, that sucked. I, I distinctly remember being four or five weeks post C-section and my mother did not have a C-section, but my mother-in-law did. And all I heard about, about her C-section before I had one was how it was so much better. It was so much easier. She was so glad it happened. You know, had she didn't she have had, any choice in the matter that had, she had had, had both. both. Okay. Yes, so, yeah. Had so had you, both. Felt like, you felt like this was an informed opinion. Like, yes. This- yeah. Uh, they she drove both children across multiple states shortly after 
And then four or five weeks post my C-section and I'm trying to get up from the dining room table and I'm still in quite a bit of pain getting up and down in a chair. And at this point I'd started pelvic floor therapy, you know, I'm doing what I can. I had a very difficult recovery and she's like, oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, I feel like I felt pain in my scar for years afterward. Oh, wow. And I'm like, where was that? Where was that truth? Where was that honesty? Even even four weeks ago. So you don't want to scare the pregnant lady. Okay. But like, like where was that? Yeah. Come it on. Even- and so I, I, I truly believe that our generation of mothers – has the power to shine a very honest light, to build a perspective around motherhood that does show that it is difficult, that it is challenging, but that we are capable yes. of it. I do. I love that word, capable, because I do see a lot of conversation around motherhood lacking in that. And like you said, the lack of village and the lack of openness is devastating. You know, we do have an entire generation of mothers who walked into this with no information, with nothing going on. I love the book and I will, um, I'll write the title and the author in the show notes because I don't remember who wrote it, but it was a wonderful thing. And it's titled, Why Did No One Tell Me This? Um, And I was so upset because I didn't read it until I was like seven months pregnant. And I was like, wow, this was a, this was a book that should have been given to me on um, the day that I started having a period. (laughs) Like this needs to be a conversation of like, this is what's going on. And I like to tease, we like to tease my daughter um, because, you know, you and I were eight and 11 or something like that when our younger siblings were born. So we did see more of the quote unquote child rearing, you know, we saw people change diapers. We saw children not want to go to bed. We saw some of those things, albeit from afar in a lot of times. Um, But even that does not necessarily prepare you for the day to day. And, you know, even my daughter, we've had that conversation of like, now she's an overnight nanny. You know, she did feel like she was empowered by that because she witnessed her younger, much, much, much younger brothers, um, go through different things and how we handled those. But even then, she did not know all of the nitty gritty of my pregnancy and postpartum and things. You know, she does not and I don't know, know all those yeah. details. And I wouldn't give her those details unless she started having conversations of like, what do I need to know? And I don't even know if that's the correct perspective to have. Because there's a whole part of me that wants to be like, hey, if you're ever interested in having children, you need to come to me and we need to have a very serious conversation. And I have pictures to show you. <laughs> and I just, it's its a well, balance. For me, that's even a different conversation because it's like, what do you talk about the people that are close to you in your life? That's up to you. That's up to your level of discretion. If you are not, you don't feel comfortable talking to your future daughter-in-law or you don't have that kind of relationship with your daughter or something like there's no shame in that. There's no, there's nothing wrong with that. But there's a big difference between being honest about motherhood and putting your kids on blast yeah. to not like we talked about, you know, if this was your job, if this was your career, 
and you talked about things in the level of detail that some people do when they're complaining about their children or complaining about being a mother, you would potentially lose your job. Or at least people would think that you didn't take your job seriously. Or people would not want to work with you because you are, I mean, like we had, so the last true office job I worked, like we had conversations around, this is really hard, or, oh, our manager does not understand what they're asking when they ask these things, or, oh, this new policy is going to be very hard to implement. But, um, you know, there was a, there was a follow-up to that where I distinctly remember a coworker who never had a positive thing to say, who never had, um, a truly, um, valuable, experience, at least from what they were saying, you know, she seemed to hate everything. And I, I asked her more than once, you know, why are you here every day? If you absolutely hate this job, why are you here? And I will never forget that she just basically looked at me. She was like, I don't hate my job. And I was like, well, every single day you say that you do (laughs) every single day, you have something to complain about. And she's like, well, yeah, you complain sometimes too. And I'm like, yeah, but it's probably from like once, you know, I, I try not to be. And, and I do think, you know, like you said, the answer is not all moms need to shut up because everything's really bad. But I, um, you know, I don't hear that in the world. But um, I don't think the answer is everyone needs to shut up about something that's hard. I do think the answer is transparency. But like you said, there's a difference between transparency of your experience versus transparency of a tiny person's life who has no say in what's being exposed. Um, I'll never forget, we had a, a conversation with someone in a courtroom once about, hey, you know, this child doesn't get a say that we're about to put everything going on in their life in a legal document. Like, that's not fair. We need to protect their privacy in some ways. Um, For the same reason that, you know, I just had this conversation with our child's therapist of like, there are papers that could be prepared for court and shared with everyone. And then there are papers we're never going to see. Because even at age five, he has rights to privacy, man. And um, there's a big... I mean, from that perspective... Yeah, yeah, that's crazy to think about that there are like actual court documents that you would have to subpoena to get the details of. Yes. And like even, you know, so like when I worked at Youth Villages in Nashville, um, which I don't have a problem saying I worked at Youth Villages in Nashville. One of the things that I loved about that job was learning the ins and outs of like medical privacy because so much of what we did was medical and mental health and you know we learned so much about HIPAA and we learned so much about protected health information and private health information um and it's been really nice have a whole separate episode and maybe we should on like privacy and social media because there's even like instances of people that are like getting old enough now to like sue to have their parents' social medias and stuff taken down. And like, I think just as moms, like it starts so much simpler than that. It starts so much simpler than HIPAA. It starts so much more simple than anything like that. It, It starts with 
Do you believe your child deserves the respect of people that don't know them? And do you think that your child has a right to their privacy and building their own experience? Yeah. And I think a conversation that I have professionally a lot is, do you believe that children at the very beginning of their existence, when they exit your body and are no longer part of you, that they are an autonomous human? They're not property. They are an autonomous human who exists in your family circle and you are entrusted with their caregiving and their health, but they are, they're, they're their own. And And can you be mindful enough to separate what is your experience and what is their experience? Because that comes down to the conversation of like, are they having a hard time or are they giving you a hard time? Yes, are, I love know, that conversation. Is, are you tired because your child did not sleep last night? That's fine. Post a picture of your coffee on your social media and say, whoo, teeth, whatever. Don't even know why children need teeth. Whoo, something like that. Or are you posting the intimate details of, just doesn't even want me and only wants their dad and blah, 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 and all this stuff, you know, like, yeah, you know, like, are you really digging into that? And maybe you are, and maybe that's okay. Maybe your social media is cranked down and it's only your village seeing it. Maybe you are making these decisions for a certain reason. Maybe you truly feel like you are educating, but when you are posting the If you think you're being raw and honest about motherhood, are you also being raw and honest about motherhood for all the other things? And not just motherhood, are you also being raw and honest about every single part of your life? Yeah. Well, and or the other question is, is the line moving? Because, you know, I mentioned a couple, I think it was one of the one of the episodes with Lori. I don't even know if I talked to you about this. But it was a conversation around, um, you know, my stepson and his he he kind of got scraped up at school because a a friend pushed him against a wall. And um, the conversation that I had, I really don't remember if it was you or Lori, but it was it was a conversation around. No, I don't know the story. He so we contacted the school and we're basically like, hey, you know, he's kind of talking about a quote unquote bad kid doing something to him at school. And we just kind of want the whole story. And the teacher was like, yeah, you know, friend at school is having a hard time, but also, you know, and, and it became this conversation around, and, and I even said on the podcast, you know, like it was validating for me because a lot of times my stepson will like gag at food. He, he does have a food sensitivity. He was in counseling for it. Like there is some things going on with him, but as a human person, when I hand somebody food that I just spend an hour making and they gag at it, <laughs> it's enraging. And so there was kind of this validating moment um, of like, oh, okay. So part of that was tied to why he got his friend upset with him. And there, I, I shared that of like my experience was that was kind of validating. But at the same time, 
I want to, you know, and I, I talked with my husband about it and he was like, yeah, I don't think that's a problem to share necessarily after he listened to it. He was like, but I think the other thing is, you know, will that ever bring shame to him? And I was like, I really hope it never does. I would never tell that story or that experience with him as it's anything shameful. It's hard for me when he gags at food I place in front of him, but it's not his fault. And we all know that in our family, but it is something I want to make abundantly clear when I'm talking about it to someone who does not know all of the positives and negatives and all of the details. And obviously I can't share all of that with the entire world. And you've said something before of like, you want people who hear negative things about your child or hardships that you're having with your child to also know in a way that is crystal clear that your daughter is the love of your life in so many ways and just absolutely brings light everywhere she goes. Like you want people to have the full context before they're hearing the negativity. And I, I think that's so important. And that's something that's so stripped away, not even with like Facebook and Instagram, but like on TikTok, when a video goes viral, you don't always click on the profile and see all of the other really beautiful things. Like that baby who was pooping in that weird video that I could hear, I didn't go to that person's profile and see like one, if she had posted the baby's face before, cause I didn't want to know what the baby looks like, but also I had no way of knowing if she's posted a lot of positive things about her baby. The only and she probably snapshot, has, and she probably has, but the only snapshot that came to my for you page, the only piece of that child's and that mother's existence was a video of her child pooping their diaper sound wise and her response omg i'm scared like well and and like no we can't control whether or not somebody clicks on the profile and sees all the positive things but we can control whether or not we put the negative things out there yes that is exactly it it. yes and i love that i love i don't know i really would never want anyone to listen to this and think okay i'm never gonna post anything bad about motherhood because that's not true Motherhood is hard. Parenthood is hard. There's a reason my entire job exists to educate parents and to help them through hardships. Like that is my passion and what I want to do for the rest of my life. But I also agree that there is a major, major piece missing in our world as far as a safe and secure village who knows you, who knows your child, and who can help with advice for things without putting your child on blast on the internet. And I think, you know, I have uh, tried to emulate you in some ways with kind of choosing how I post about my children and not that I, I think I had done a decent job with not posting too many things. And in fact, I do tend to use my social media as a highlight reel because for me, I don't always keep a baby book. I don't always keep other things. And so for me, it is nice to go back and look. And one year ago today, you were painting my son. Literally, actually, this is real. Today it popped up on my, um, what, Amazon photos or whatever, that a year ago today, you were painting my son's feet to try to make like Mother's Day stuff. Um, and it was really cute. And I really enjoyed seeing that a year ago. Oh. And 
he was he had a little tiny squishy face and i thought that time last year he looked so big because he was almost a year old and now i look at him now and i'm like you're a totally different person you were a tiny baby and those things are wonderful and i wouldn't have that if i hadn't posted that picture on social media but at the same time i i could also type into my google photos and probably find a picture from you know a year ago this week of something not really great and i'm probably very glad that I didn't do that. And sometimes I even go back on social media and archive things that I don't want to share that I don't think are necessary to share. Like I recently just went back and um, archived some photos of, um, I don't remember what it was, but it was something with all three of my children. And I was like, you know, I don't know that this needs to be on the internet. So I, I feel like I could talk about this with you all day. And I feel like I could, um, continually dig into this and the nuances. Um, but I know that you have to go and I have to go and I just really want to be honest that it's not my goal to be hypocritical and to have, you know, a whole conversation around not, not putting your children on blast and yet still being honest, um, and having this podcast and having our own social medias and things like that. But I also think that the conversation should so center around child privacy, child dignity, and recognizing, like you said, the name on the top of the account. Like that matters. And I don't even know what to do with some of the family accounts. I don't know what to do with, you know, those things. And 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 that's why I've never chosen to do that. I've talked to people who have those accounts and they're I'm like, I don't know if I could ever do that. One, I'm not very good at it two, it's not, it's not easy. I can't imagine that it's easy. And like you said, we are seeing kids turn around now and sue their parents or kids turn around and look back on their lives. I don't know a single child actor right now who was our age, you know, going through everything who completely agrees with their experience in the limelight. And now we have children of every level of celebrity and notoriety who are going to have to face that, who are going to have to look back. You know, it's not not playing roles. They're playing themselves. Exactly. Like we're not going to be able to. I don't even know that we can talk about like family accounts because I follow them. I support them. Exactly. I'm not, I'm not that parent. I can't make that choice, but I also feel like most of those parent accounts, most of those family accounts are not the ones that you see like blasting negativity. That is true. There's a lot more like it's it's a fine line. Like I said, there's there's it's a fine line because a lot of that is a highlight reel. The title of the episode is fine line because that's what it is. You know, you're walking. It's true. And it's a conversation because it's a conversation and it's going to be different for different people. Yeah. And I don't think that putting your child's face on social media when they're six, it makes you a bad mom or two makes you a bad mom or four makes you a bad mom. I don't, I don't, I don't even believe that people who make different decisions with their social media than I would make are in any way a negative, a better or a worse mom than me. Yeah. I do think that, I, I have a daughter and I want her to grow up thinking that mothers think the world of their daughters and that dads 
love their, that dads love moms and moms love dads and dads love their children and moms love their children and that it's not a sitcom and too much of life looks like the butt of a joke of a sitcom right now. Too much of my social media turns having a toddler into having a pet Tasmanian devil at home. Yeah, it really does. And that's not, that's not the vibe. That's not the vibe I want her to grow up in. That's not the vibe I want her to have. That's not the account I want to follow. That's not the conversation that I want motherhood to be. I think I want to put a little dignity back in motherhood. Yeah, I agree with that. And find the fine line between the, because there, you know, there's not a lot of dignity in (laughs) bath time and having it splashed on you or having poop on you or cooking the same meal three times. Like, sometimes there's not a lot of dignity in that, but there is a lot of dignity in keeping your child fed and clean and happy and safe. Yeah, And when we zoom out, that's what we're doing. Yeah. And zooming out on that fine line makes it a much bigger line. Yeah. So whether you post your child's um, face on social media today, you're a good mom. (laughs) You're a good mom too. Even though I know that I will only get to see your daughter if you text me. (laughs) Yeah. But I will She's a precious gem that we will not be sharing with the world. Thank you very much. She can share herself later. I will send you a picture of my son who has taken over my laundry basket and will not give it back. And that's fine because I don't think he'll ever be ashamed of that. He'll probably just brag about it. <laughs> and <laughs> because... if you don't have a village, that doesn't mean you're not a good mom either. Yeah, it doesn't. If you're and still I... trying to build your village, that's okay. Sometimes you should just text somebody with a kid the same age as yours, invite them over in their pajamas. Yeah. Or call a professional because I have been people's villages before. And that's a whole other conversation is like, we now have people who exist to help fill in those spots. You don't have to scream into the void of the internet. And I would love, I would love to see that blossom into a true conversation. Like you said, there's dignity in motherhood. You're a good mom. You're a good mom. Talk to you later.